We're glad you're listening to Rama for Today. Now, many people try to avoid work, you know. I had a roommate one time, and he said, I love work. He said, I can lay down beside of it and watch it for hours. But you see, he never produced anything. There are a lot of people that watch other people do the work and get the joy of the accomplishment of what went on. They're never involved in what's going on. If you ever notice, those people in the church that just sit in the church and are just a part of the church but never get involved are usually the ones that are always... How many of you ever found that to be true? Because, see, they're not doing anything. So all they can... They, they, they sit around and their mind becomes the devil's playhouse. And they begin to yak and cause problems. You see, it's difficult to work and to worry at the same time. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth W. Hagen continues his teaching, How to Live Worry-Free, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth W. Hagen for today's message. I want to talk about worry. We, many times, we worry. Now, you're supposed to be concerned. You are supposed to plan. You are supposed to be involved in some of these things because the Word of God teaches it. But the devil sometimes pushes us past that point and we get too concerned about it and we get into worry. Oh, what am I going to do next? How am I going to handle this situation? You know, it is good to make plans. It's good to, to see which direction we're going to go and, and what's going to happen next. But if we're not careful in any of our lives whether we're students that are facing graduation in May or whether we're just regular church people that live here in the community that have to continue our everyday lives, all of us have to plan and we have to be concerned about this and that and the other. But if we're not careful, we will be so concerned that the devil will slyly and subtly push us over into worry instead of just being concerned. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you've been there too, huh? As I began to think about worry, I said, hey, we got a lot of people, they have become so concerned about a project, they become so concerned about their future life and, and what, uh, what's next in line for them until they have quit relying on God and begin to worry. Oh, I must be really getting home good. Thank you, Lord. You give me a good one. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, it says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made, be made known to God. Now, you could... Look at that and realize that be care to, to be careful or be careful for nothing. 
means stop worrying about it. Stop being overly concerned about it. Didn't say stop being concerned. Didn't say stop making plans. It said don't be overly concerned about it to the point of worry. And how many of us with our monthly budgets, with, all, with our children that we, we're raising and all kinds of things, if we're not careful, the enemy will get us overly concerned about something and will steal our joy. Now, I'm going to use the W-O-R-R-Y, use those letters to give you a formula whereby it'll keep you out of worry. All right? The first one is W, and you can add O-R-K to that. And it spells work. You know, there's just one little clause in 1 Thessalonians 4.11. That's a whole scripture. But one little clause in there says, work with your own hands. The Bible says, in another area, whatever you put your hand to, he will bless. In another place, it says... Whatever your hand finds through or indicates. It may not say it exactly in these words, but this is the indication and the connotation. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it. In other words, get up and do something. You know, when you sit down and are inactive, your mind, the devil has a greater chance to get you in worry. Because if you are up and working and involved in doing something, you don't have a time to worry because you're working. Now, many people try to avoid work, you know. I had a roommate one time, and he said, I love work. He said, I can lay down beside of it and watch it for hours. But you see, he never produced anything. There are a lot of people that watch other people do the work and get the joy of the accomplishment of what went on. They're never involved in what's going on. And if you ever notice, those people in the church that just sit in the church and are just a part of the church but never get involved are usually the ones that are always How many of you ever found that to be true? Because, see, they're not doing anything. So all they can, they, they, they sit around and their mind becomes the devil's playhouse. And they begin to yap and cause problems. You see, it's difficult to work and to worry at the same time. You will hear people talking about, especially employers, talking about people that are having personal problems. And they will say to them, you have either got to concentrate on your work 
or go home and get off the clock and concentrate on your personal problem because you're not doing either one of us any good. You're here, you're drawing pay, but you're not being productive for the job and you're sure not being productive for yourself because all you're doing is making, making it worse and worrying more and more and more. And the more you worry about something, the bigger it gets. Well, it may have started out a small problem, but by the time you and the devil get through with it, you've got an insurmountable mountain. Now, go to work. Work is an effective antidote for worry. Doing God's work, being involved for God, and getting involved in the things of God and working for God is even more helpful. Now see, I'm, I'm talking to you about things that, you did, that, that you'd learn in any good psychology course. If you went on involved, got involved in it, and got involved in the counseling and on up into all the other courses, you know, adolescent psych and, and abnormal psych and counseling and all these kind of things, and you start to learn all of these little things. And I'll tell you what, you that are involved in, in psychology, you need to be real careful. If you're, not, if you're not real careful, psychology can give you a problem in knowing how to flow with the spirit. Because you can just learn to pick up so much until if you're not careful, you don't know when it's the spirit and when it's your own mind. And I had to deal with that and put that down and that's why I haven't, in years, I haven't even touched that side of it other than to try to help when I'm doing working with somebody that has a, a deep-suited problem and I work with the Word of God and then you've got to work with some natural things too because you remember, we live in a natural world. And we have natural elements that are involved. The natural and the supernatural coming together make an explosive force for God. God needs your natural ability as well as the spiritual ability. It's the two working together that produce effective, lasting results for God. It's not one by itself or the other by itself. They are both needed for your personal life, for all those that are around you, and for doing the work of the church and the kingdom of God. You need both the natural and the supernatural working together. That is the Spirit of God with your natural ability. Some of you have great natural abilities. Don't lay them on the shelf. Use them for God with the Spirit from within and put them together and become effective in the kingdom. When we are concerned about the problems of others, we tend to forget our own problems. I have I've made it a point in recent years that if I begin to feel down for what maybe I don't have or, or something, you know, some other, I begin to look around and I find a whole lot more people worse off than I am. And you know what? All of a sudden, you begin to realize, hey, it ain't so bad. I ain't got it so bad after all. You know, there, if you're not careful, you can be living in the lap of luxury and all of a sudden, you're beginning to worry and fret and complain and all of this. Rather than just 
going out and going to work. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagen, Kenneth W. Hagen, and the rest of the Hagen family by visiting our online bookstore. I want to tell you about this month's radio offer. This month we're offering three Bible study courses by Kenneth E. Hagen on faith, healing, and the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Also in this package is Brother Hagen's Faith Food Daily Devotional for Summer and a book by Kenneth W. Hagen titled, What Comes After Faith. Lastly is Lynette Hagen's four-CD set, Releasing God's Power Through Prayer. All these items at the special discounted price of $80. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Listen, we've got RBTC Fall Enrollment. Yes. You can still apply all the way up to August the 15th. Mm -hmm. You can go to rbtc.org and slash apply, and it gives you all the information about applying and so forth. Or if you don't want to, uh, you're not, you, you, you just want to know more about the school, you can yes. find out uh, all about the school there also if you go to rbtc.org and they'll give you all that information. That's right. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth W. Hagen with his teaching, How to Live Worry-Free. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Welcome to Rama for Today. This is Rama for Today. You're listening to Rama for Today. We're glad you're listening to Rama for Today. It's time for Rama for Today. Camp meeting, camp meeting's going to be here. Oh my goodness. 
It's July the 23rd through the 28th, right here on the Rainbow USA campus, free registration. We have also services for the youth, uh, services for the children. It's just a wonderful time for all the family to come. If you're not careful, you can be living in the lap of luxury and all of a sudden you're beginning to worry and fret and complain and all of this. Get hotel reservations and make plans to be here. You don't want to miss and going okay. to work. That's right. See, you can get spiritually full. You can become spiritually strong. But if you don't go out and go to work, all of a sudden, the devil will begin to get you worrying and putting guilt trips on you and telling you, using the word against you because you're not doing anything. How many of you have ever had the devil jump on your shoulder and say, you know, you learned all this, and this you've done this, God, and you've been taught this, and you've heard all these tapes, and you've heard this, yes. and you've heard the other, and look at you, you sitting here doing nothing. Amen. Mm-hmm. Do you ever stop to think that the Lord in some places said, stand still? Call 1-888-99. That's toll free. See, the Lord may have you in a position that he wants you to stay Tomorrow, put where Kenneth you are, w. but the devil takes message, what you've how learned about going out free. working for God. That's tomorrow on and he Rima begins to today feed your mind. You Lynette begin to Hagen. worry because you're not out doing something and you thwart the whole plan of God because you are exactly where God wants you to be and the devil knows it, so he comes in on this other side See? Don't now, if you was out doing something, he'd come the other right direction. But now, right you're, you're not really out. You're just setting. You're learning. You're being involved in doing something. And maybe not uh, being really like some of you students that have studied for ministry. And maybe you're not out in full-time ministry. And now, see, the devil will take that. He'll come the other side to get you to jump out ahead of God, get ahead of God, and get all messed up. There's one individual that graduated from Rhema a long time ago and is Worked teaching. in this ministry for also, a number later of in years. Today's program, and I told him I'll a few years ago, I said, just stay put. Offer. Just right stay now, put. Here's Kenneth W. Hagen with today's when message. When God gets ready, it'll quit trying call to make it happen. When God gets ready, it'll work beautifully. That's toll free. One now that's eight for eight any of you. Faith no matter whether you're, you're one of the, the Ramah students or whether you're just a regular member of this church, it doesn't make any difference what it is. Quit worrying about it. Rama for today. Cast With your Kenneth burden over on the Lord Hagen. and let the Lord take care Welcome of it. Welcome to Rama for Don't today. Don't be anxious about Kenneth it. Don't Hagen be overly concerned about teaching how to live worry Just free. go to work wherever Next, you can on find for today something radio. to do. Also, later in today's oh, I know program, it may not be I'll preaching tell you about teaching. this month's special radio It may be on a parking lot or ushering or working right now, in the children's or whatever. Kenneth W. Hagen for today's message. But you see, message. when you're busy... Tomorrow, more from Kenneth W. Hagen is teaching how to live worry-free. If you want, you, you can visit Let's our online bookstore at rhema.org. If you, how Thanks many of you have ever been a supervisor or a boss today or owned your own with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. All right. Welcome to Rhema Who for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. When you look for today, you'll to hear more from Kenneth W. Hagen on his teaching on the, over how to the live worry-free. The Next, guy on that Rama was a for today I mean, radio. he clocked in at the last minute. Also, later minute. in today's program, 
I'll tell and you about clocked this out month's at the special first, radio when offer. it was the first minute that right you could clock out. Let's join Kenneth I mean, even Hagen before it was today's message. He was already gone from his desk Thank and standing at the clock just waiting for it to get down to that one minute so he could clock out. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's radio offer. He's gone. Right now, let's join Kenneth W. Hagen with his teaching How to Live Worry-Free. Who do you promote? Who do you look for? For today, we'll continue with W. You know, I mean, just working, not being overly concerned. People are always overly concerned about their benefits. The overly concerned people about their benefits. I don't promote. This is also available in our online bookstore. Because see, they're not interested in doing a job. Also, They're interested the in what they can Welcome get. Welcome to for today. For I don't need Hagen people in it for what they can get. Go somewhere else. Free. I need people that, in that are interested program. in doing I'll tell something. You about this month's special radio God, right now. It says in the word Kenneth that he is Hagen for today's message. And if the wise recruiter in today's program, Kenneth and looks for the individual this month's radio offer. 54 nations. And it's not Monday, the Kathy Hagen will start a new powerful God teaching from the Rama Archives. That's next week on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Have a great weekend. You see, you get involved so with all these things, you ain't got time to work. Welcome to for Today. Kenneth W. Hagen wraps up his teaching, How to Live Worry-Free. Okay, I could talk a long time on that, but let's go number two. Also, oh. later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's that, special radio right now, Let's join Kenneth W. Hayden for today's message. Optimism. Right on down in the eighth verse. Whatsoever things a good report, think on these. Oh, you're just the eternal optimist. That's what the Bible said to be. Say, so whatever is good, think on. Don't think on the negative. I mean, you think on the, the more you think on negative things, the lower you're going to get until all of a sudden you, you're not going to be on, on the carpet. You're going to be under the carpet. You're going to be so low. And it all comes from what you're thinking about. You can begin to think about, well, I'm just a nobody. I'm just a nothing. Man, I, I, I can't even get in out of the rain. I'm just so dumb and I'm just stupid. I'm so stupid. And you know what? It won't be very long until you're going to be so low. Listen, we've got RBTC You're not even going to feel good about enrollment. yourself. Con uh, you're you not going to love yourself. You can all the way up to August the 15th. If you don't love yourself, you can go to rbtc.org and slash apply. Hello? And it gives you all the information See how about the cycle gets started? and so forth. Or well, you know, you, you start to think of, uh, you know, not, you sit there, you, you, you just and instead of getting down, about the school, you, start to, you well, can find out uh, all about the school there also if you go to rbtc.org and give you all that information. I've got the wisdom of God. All of a sudden, instead of being, you all of a sudden, hey, well, man, I, hey, I can do it, can I? Now, I'm not talking about what you can do in your own self. I'm talking about what you can do because of who you are in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about what you can have because of what the Bible says. You know, I'm not talking about going out here and saying, well, I'm going I'm to get this and I'm going to get that because of who I... No, I'm not talking... I'm talking about saying that you can have what the Bible says that you can have. 
That's the way people have taken faith and perverted it. We're simply saying that you think on the things that God says, the positive. He said right here, finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these. Don't think negatively. You think negatively and you get down. You want to try an experiment? I, I dare you to try this. In the morning when you get up, the first thing you do when you get out of bed, you start talking about how bad you feel, how awful it is, what a bad day it's going to be, and you'll probably be back in bed in 30 minutes. But you get out of bed and you start talking, you'll throw the window open and say, Praise the Lord, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad on it, in it. And you begin to think about all of the opportunities that you're going to have that day to conquer. All the opportunities that you're going to have to, to win another victory. Your whole attitude changes. And you hadn't done anything but change your mind. I believe that's the reason that the Bible, everybody talks about the Spirit. But did you ever realize and just go and study how much the Bible and especially the Apostle Paul had to say about the mind? Renewing the mind. Having the mind of Christ. If you got the mind of Christ, you're not going to be thinking negatively. I mean, even, even in his darkest hour, he didn't even think negatively. In his darkest hour, he was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. See, he was still on the positive side. See, the negative side was, take care of these bu <laughs> See, worrying about how you're going to make it. Worrying about what's going to happen next. Oh, well, you know, this is exactly the way Grandma... Grandma Jones, and if your name's Jones, I'm sorry. I just used that, picked that out of the side. Smith, whatever name. That's the, it's exactly the way Grandma went. This is exactly what happened to her. She first started out with just a little bit of pain in her back. And then it was down in her side. You know, and, and she walked on a cane for the last 50 years of her life. I know, I'm, 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 you know, it's, it must be in the genes. You know, it, and before you know it, you're dragging your leg. Ain't even nothing matter with you, except you just had a little small pain in the back. It could have been the fact that you twisted out of bed wrong, sort of pulled a little muscle there that was stiff in the morning time. Huh. But see, you start, oh, that must be that must be that hereditary disease goes on in my family. Here it is. I, yeah, I'm about to age that it starts showing up. That's what we do every day in the week. That's what the world does. And we might as well, that's, you know, to do that is the same thing as getting that red cape and waving it in front of that bull. That's what you're doing to the devil. You say, open the door. You say, come on in, Mr. Devil. Make yourself at home. And you did it with your mind process. See, you can do that in your mind and still have the Spirit of God on the inside. 
Because see, the Spirit of God is not going to over... He's a gentleman. He's not going to override. But see, if you look deep on the inside of you and allow the Spirit of God to come up, I'll tell you what, He will always bring the positive and the optimist side out. He'll always look, find something good. Instead of a glass being half empty, it'll be half full. See, that's the difference. A negative person says, oh man, we got a half, the gas tank is half full. The optimist says, we got a half a tank. Same thing, just the way you're looking at it. The attitude, either negative or positive. Either optimistically or negatively, we look at issues. Some people do it because they're just sort of that way. That's their, that's their personality. Other people have to practice at it in order to think positively. If you have to be in that category, then let's God practice it. Practice it until you can execute it perfectly. You notice, of course, this is basketball mania time. But you notice those guys that have practiced and practiced and practiced, they execute those plays and run that court without even thinking about what they're doing. They just do it. It just happens. It just, it, 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 it just unfolds. Everybody gets in, and, and, and when one man moves, the other people know where they're supposed to go, and they do it without ever thinking. They just see him move. They don't have to stop thinking. Now, wait a minute. John went over there, so let's see. Now, I remember the coach said, I'm supposed to go over here. You know what's going to happen to that team? They're going to be eliminated. But automatically... When Ronnie's standing here and he sees John go over there, he automatically goes out to the front court. He don't even think about it. He just reacts automatically. Friend, when we learn to realize that the Word of God is positive and we, we let it come up from the inside of us into our mind, when we see the negative, we will automatically turn positive on it. Instead of thinking in the negative, we'll automatically turn it around. And we'll have victory and not defeat. We'll have joy and gladness instead of despair and hopelessness. Well, I could talk some more about that. Look for the good, not the bad. You know, some people, they're always looking for the bad in everybody. <laughs> remember a story but now my father-in-law tells this and he said it one time there's this, this, this old fella little old small town but he never said anything bad about anybody he always found something good to say about everybody the meanest baddest ugliest whatever all the adjective adverbs you'll do man in town died so the other guys were down at the funeral home and they saw him coming. They said, oh man, he won't be able to say nothing now. <laughs> there ain't nothing nobody can find that's good about this guy. He ain't ever done nothing good in his life. He ain't ever looked good in his life. He ain't ever talked good in his life. He ain't ever done nothing for him, for anybody in his life that was good. 
So he stood there at the casket, and he stood there, and he stood there, and he stood there, and never say nothing. Finally, he did turn around and say, well, you know, he did have pretty front teeth, didn't he? <laughs> he finally found something good. He refused to say anything bad. I think that's what some of us need to do. We need to refuse to be on the negative side. If we have to just stand there with our mouth shut for an hour, let's find the positive side and stay on it. If you have to get the Word of God and search all night, search all night, but stay on the positive side. R. Reliance. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care on Him. You know, a lot of people are relying on the church. A lot of people are relying on friends, relatives. All of my dad's relatives rely on him. They call him. Any of them get in trouble, they call, Oh, Uncle Ken, pray, pray, Uncle Ken. He's been telling some of them recently, he said, Hey, look, you better learn how to pray for yourself. See, quit relying on, on him. A lot of us rely on big name preachers. Oh, if we can get over to their meeting and they can pray for us. Let's rely on God. Not an arm of flesh. Talks about it in the Old Testament, relying on the arm of flesh. Then uh, you will notice that he is the one that never fails us. Hebrews 13, 5 uh, actually, it's uh, the last clause, what they call, when you're studying, called B clause. It says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, then Deuteronomy 31, 6 says the same thing, and it says, fail you or forsake you. So we say God will not fail us because he won't. Hello? Now, num number four. R-E-J-O-I-C-I-N-G. Rejoicing. See, W-O-R-R. -R. Work. Optimism. Be opti optimistic about things. Rely on God. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4, 4. Just right up from where we started out in Philippians 4, 6. We need to Rejoice. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8.10 says. But it is impossible to rejoice and worry at the same time. You can't be downcast and worried about how you're going to do this and how's this going to happen and how's that going to happen. You can't be downcast and rejoice. The two don't go together. Anybody ever been able to rejoice and worry at the same time? Can't happen. It's, it's very difficult to count to 100 in your mind while you're singing a song out loud. Huh? Anybody ever tried that? Try to count in your mind and sing a song at the same time? It gets very difficult. I didn't say it couldn't be done, but it gets difficult. I mean, you know, when you're in one of these choirs and you got one group singing this, you know, 
and another group singing here. You got the bassist saying one thing and the soprano saying something else and the alto saying something else and the tenor saying something else. You ever been in one of those? I mean, it, if you're not careful, boy, you've got to really concentrate to stay on what you're supposed to say. Because you're hearing all these other people saying other words, if you're not careful, you'll start singing their line. Well, you can't worry and rejoice at the same time. I ain't ever seen anybody that was worrying and downcast and be able to holler whoopee at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's real hard to holler whoopee and look real downcast and be down and, and feel awful. I like to sing that song where we, we go, woo! And, and you stand on this platform and you watch. It's real funny to watch. <laughs> you sing it through two or three times. The first time, you got a lot of people. You got a lot of people. And the first time they're singing, and, and we're standing here looking out there, whoa. <laughs> Second time, whoa. <laughs> About the third or fourth time, woo! All of a sudden, see? They couldn't do it. They could do it, but they couldn't do it while they were down. When they really got into it is when they got their mind off of all the cares of life and remembered that Jesus had them and they didn't. Then they go, whoopee. See, the reason some of you can't rejoice is because you forgot that Jesus is carrying your burdens and you carrying them. What in the world is used for? What is used for you and him both to be tired? He don't ever get tired, so let him carry him. You do. But some of you, you wouldn't know what to do if you didn't have that pack of worry on your back. I mean, I've seen some people come, you know, they cast all their care on him. Boy, everything's great and fine, but things start changing, and they say, oh, wait a minute. Boy, I don't know. I'm not used to this. And they reach down and grab that thing put it on. Walk off with it. You've seen people do it. You've probably done it yourself a time or two. We get so used to carrying all those burdens that we just automatically reach down and pick them up every time we take off. Hey, learn to leave them there. I was so used to working with, in this ministry. I was the crusade director when they finally made me something else. And I was so used to getting down there with my own hands doing it. And I was in charge of Rama back in 76 and in charge of the camp meeting. Or 77, yeah, 77. And uh, man, I'm down where they're setting up and I'm down there trying to help them set up sound and set up lights for TV cameras. And I'm down there, boy, we're, and one of my board members come in, happened to come in, he come in, he said, what are you doing? So I'm working, helping these guys set up. He said, what are you paying them for? I said, I'm paying them to, to work. He said, we're paying you to do something else. So why don't you go to your office and take care of what you're supposed to be doing and let them take care of it their self. And he didn't mean it wrong, but it, it got my attention to realize that, hey, that is not what I'm paid to do. I'm paid to do something else. So what am I doing down there messing around with what I'm not supposed to be doing? That's their job. If they don't get it done, that's their problem. 
And I relate it back to this. Why am I carrying all these problems and why am I being involved with all this stuff when God has said that that's Jesus' responsibility? What am I trying to take care of his responsibility for? Hey, let's take care of what we're supposed to. Let him carry what he's supposed to and let's do what we're supposed to and it'll work fine. But as long as we try and do his job and ours too, we ain't gonna make it. You can't rejoice carrying somebody else's responsibility. You can only rejoice when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. See, you trying to carry somebody else's responsibility, it'll get you into worry. Jesus is the one supposed to be carrying the burdens. It says, he said, cast all your care on him. That's his responsibility to carry the burden, not yours. Your responsibility is to do the will of God. Not to carry your burdens, but to do the will. It said, that, said Jesus is going to carry your burdens for you. Cast them on him. Cast all your cares on him. When you cast your cares on him, you can rejoice. You can't rejoice if you can't cares. The last one, why? Yieldingness. Y-I-E-L-D-E-D-N-E-S-S. But yield yourselves unto God. See, in his most excruciating hour, as I said in the beginning, Jesus prayerfully yielded to the Father. Now yield to the Lord and yield to his will and quit worrying about it. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, the Lord said do such and such and I don't know what's out there. I, I just know what God said do. Then do what he said do and quit worrying about what's out If he said do it, it's going to be all right. He's not going to lead you down the road to destruction. He already said that in his word. Sure, the natural man is going to dig his heels in the ground. Because the natural man don't understand the things of the spirit. The natural man has a tendency to be afraid of the unknown. The spirit man, when he knows that God said do it, is jumping up and down on the inside to go out and grab a hold of the challenge. And this is where the war starts. And if you're not careful, it'll put you into worry. Oh, but God said do it. But I don't know. But God said do it. But I don't know. But God said do it. I don't know. Hey, that's not peaceful. That's not relying on God. Hello? Yield to the Lord and go on down the road? People say to me all the time, well, how are you going to do this? I don't know. Oh, but you said so. I know I said it. How are we going to do it? I don't know. Aren't you upset? Aren't you con Yeah, I'm concerned, but I'm not overly concerned because if God's in it, it's going to succeed. If he ain't in it, it don't need to succeed anyway. If I'm just doing it because for an ego trip or if I'm just doing it because somebody else is doing it or because I think that's, that would be a good thing to do, then, it, then it's not worth doing. And it oughtn't to succeed. But if God said do it, I'm going to yield to him. What happens if it don't work? Ain't no way it's, it's not going to work because God 
said it. I remember New Jersey. They called us years ago to go on that station. We had never paid that much for a program in our life. They had a wait list of people to get on. But for some reason, they called us to see if we wanted on. You know, Brother Hagin prayed about that. That's just years ago. And uh, the Lord said, do it. We made a contract to do it. And I think probably at that particular time, what it cost a month for that one station was what it almost cost for all the rest of them put together. Because it's a big, powerful station. Do you know to this day, we went and done it. Somebody said, how are you going to pay for it? I don't know. God said, do it. He'd take care. Do you know, we've never had any problem paying for that station. Never. Now, we could have got in a frenzy and worried about it and thwarted God's plan. I think sometimes when people, they, they know God said do it, so they jump out and do it, but then they start worrying about how it's going to happen and how it's going to be taken care of and thwart God's plan and throw roadblocks in the way to keep him from doing what he wants to do. Hey, if you know God said it, you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Let me understand that terminology. Yes. Know that you know that you know that you know. Yes. That God said it. Then take off. Don't worry about what's going to happen. I'm talking to everybody. In, in, in your life. In your, in your personal life. Yeah, you ought to be praying and getting the will of God in your personal life. Just don't run and take a job because the job opens up. You need to find out what God wants. A lot of these things. But then when God gives and you, you, God says do it, yield to it. And don't worry. Let God take care of it. You say, I can't be that simple, Pastor. Well, I'm sorry. It is that simple. It's just that simple. If you will work, if you'll be an optimist, if you rely on God, if we, you will rejoice and then yield yourself to God, you will eliminate worry from your life. Amen. Simple formula. Somebody said, will it work? Yeah, it'll work. Oh, I don't know whether it'll work or not. I, I, I hope it does. No, it don't work that way it happens by doing it not wondering whether it's going to happen or not just go do it say this with me if we'll work if we'll be an optimist if we rely on God if we rejoice in the Lord if we will yield to him and his plans we can eliminate worry out of our lives. I intend to go on record tonight to let the devil know that I'm not going to worry no more. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to be positive on the Word of God. I'm going to rely on God. I'm going to rejoice in God. And I'm going to yield to God. Therefore, 
Therefore, the victory is mine. The victory is mine. Mr. Devil, Mr. Devil, take your worry. Take your worry. And your doubt. And your doubt. And your discouragement. And discouragement. Pack it up. And hit the road. And hit the road. Jesus, Jesus is my victor. He's carrying my burdens. I'm alive. And I rejoice in him. And I refuse to worry. Now put both hands up and thank God. Hallelujah. 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 I refuse to worry, Mr. Devil. I refuse to worry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. Worry is the devil's too. To disrupt your life. To get you out of faith. To get you out of victory. To get you out of joy. To rob you of the blessings of God. Oh yeah, I know. The devil come in, he'll try again. We put him on record. You'll have to remind him every now and then. You remind him of what you went on record doing and refuse to worry. Hallelujah. You get that concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150, and in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.